doing and 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 we're serving and we're 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 doing all of this stuff in ministry and we look around us and we go and i just don't i don't see the results I, i don't see what's going on but jesus at the end of chapter 10 and verse 42 he he's 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 been talking to the unbelief of the Jews. The, the crowds have been coming, and it seems like they're only interested in a healing. They're not really interested in, in a personal relationship with him at all. Some of his disciples, many of his disciples had turned back. Why? Because his teaching was too hard. And yet here in verse 42, look at this simple sentence. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. You see... Reaching the lost is not easy. (laughs) Standing up for the truth in today's society is not easy. Not going through the motions, but having a real relationship with Jesus is not easy. In a lot of churches, it's not easy. In a lot of churches, it's go through the motions. That's what we expect from you. But to have a real relationship? Wait a second, that's kind of weird. You're out there on the fringe somewhere. We can lose friends. We can be mocked. We can be shunned. We can be called insignificant and old-fashioned. But you know what? The truth is the truth and Jesus is the way. The world needs Him, period. Stay the course. Don't be discouraged. See it through. We need to remain on our knees interceding for the lost. We need to be relentless in our calling of the Holy Spirit to come and do His thing. In time, we'll look back and we'll be able to see. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. So now we get on to this familiar story and we know the story. Jesus' friend Lazarus is, is sick and Mary and Martha send for him and, and uh, Lazarus dies. And we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus calls Lazarus forth. But there's some things in here that we just got to really look at. Some things that really apply to us. So again, I'm going to ask you, don't be taking a nap. This is for you. I'm, I'll just be gut level honest. This is for me. So I wrote this sermon on Thursday. And if I can just really be honest, I had one of the crappiest Fridays I've had in my life. Now, class, what is Friday? So guess where my trouble was? With my wife. Because I was being stupid, quite honestly. But when I look back at this and I go, holy cow, I wrote that on Thursday. Man, did I need this. So don't hear me saying I'm pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing fingers at me here too. All right? Look at verses 1 through 5. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He, went, he was from Bethany, the village Mary and, Mar- and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
First thing we need to see here is these folks were dear friends of Jesus. They, they were loved by Jesus. Lazarus was obviously a special friend. He was the one Jesus loved. And when Jesus gets the message that Lazarus was sick, he was obviously concerned about his friend. Now think about this for a moment. Obviously, Mary and Martha wouldn't have sent for, Lazarus, or for Jesus if Lazarus had a cold. Or if he had the flu or he had a, uh, had a tummy ache. They knew what Jesus was doing. They knew that he was a busy man. So if they sent for Jesus, this was a serious thing. They're saying, we, we need Jesus or, or, this, or something bad's going to happen here. And with that in mind, we would think that Jesus would understand this. <clears throat> understand this and he would wrap things up and, and get on his way. But look at this next verse. Look at verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick... He stayed where he was for two more days. Wait, what? What's Jesus thinking here? Why, why, is, he, why is he waiting around? Why isn't he, why isn't he finishing up here? Man, i got to get to my friend Lazarus. We see an answer to this a couple verses before and a couple verses after. Look at verse 4. Look, so when he heard that Lazarus, uh, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Look at verses 14 and 15. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. See, here's the thing. Think about this for a moment. Jesus had been out healing people. Jesus had been out delivering people from demons. He had been uh, bringing sight to the blind, making the lame walk. And if Jesus had heard that Lazarus was sick and he had packed up what he was doing and headed over to Lazarus' house, walked in and said, okay, Lazarus, get up and walk. You know what it would have been? Just one more healing. Just all in a day's work for Jesus. But Jesus had something else in mind here. Jesus wasn't just interested in in putting on a little show, making a sick man well again. There was something more in Jesus' mind, what he wanted to do. He wanted to take this occasion with his friend Lazarus, and he wanted to glorify God. He wanted to reveal more of himself to his friends, to his disciples, to all of the people that were there gathered around. He wanted them to see. And so, by waiting two days. Listen, if he would have went and healed Lazarus, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. But by waiting two days, they were about to see the power and authority of Jesus firsthand. I like to say, by waiting two two days, they went from a simple healing to a, holy cow, what did we just see? What did we just witness here? Raise someone from the dead? Seriously? Something else I need to remind us here. Mary and Martha made their request to Jesus. Come quickly. Lazarus is sick. When we make a request to God, we need to trust Him with it. You guys hear me talk about this all the time. We put expectations. We put parameters on our requests to God. Mary and Martha wanted their, wanted their brother to be healed. We have to give our requests to God and say, you know what, God? You work this out. You do this the way you need it to go. 
or you want it to go, or you see it best. I trust you in this. You be glorified in this. So the story goes on and they they made their way to to, uh, Judea and we get to verse 17 through 20. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to, Mary and, to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. You guys know I love um, to paint the picture of the scene when I'm reading a story in Scripture. And as I read this, I picture all of these people that are gathered. We've got friends and family. We've got neighbors, co-workers, acquaintances, all gathered around mourning the loss of Lazarus. He had been in the tomb for four days. They were all gathered, preparing to move on. They're going to move on without their beloved friend, without their beloved family member. And as Jesus arrives, I find it interesting that Martha came out to see her, but Mary did not. I got a question in my head. Why didn't Mary come out? Why wasn't she there? Was she hurting too much? Was she frustrated that Jesus didn't show up on time? Was she upset with him? Maybe she was looking at her perspective and her her circumstances and she was saying, Jesus is here, so what? It's too late. There's no hope for my brother. Have you ever had an impossible situation in your life? Have you ever faced something that you felt powerless to change? Helpless? Hopeless? It is what it is. It'll never change. You know what? Hopelessness is a powerful thing. It can, it will, it does, it, par- it paralyzes us. And when we're hopeless about something, the only thing we can think of is how much we're defeated. Now listen to me. When you experience hopelessness, I promise you the source of that is the pits of hell. Hopelessness, despair, they are lies of the enemy. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, what, what's the native language of Satan? Lies. This is coming right from his mouth. When you feel hopeless, when you look at your life and say, this situation has no hope, that is coming straight out of his mouth. He'll whisper in your ear, give up. Stop praying. It's already over. There's no chance of restitution in this. In this uh, there's, there, there's no chance of anything but failure. When you hear that, that's the enemy lying to you, plain and simple. Here's the deal. There is no such thing as too late for Jesus. There is no such thing as too far gone for Jesus. There is no such thing as impossible situation for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is hope. Plain and simple. Verses 21 through 27, uh, Jesus talks to to Martha a bit, and he talks to her about uh, whether or not he believes, or she believes that that he is the resurrection. And I'm not going to read the whole passage here, but Martha is looking at this situation from her own perspective. She believed that Lazarus would live again in heaven. 
Because she believed Jesus was the Messiah. And that at the end times, Lazarus would be alive again. But if we look at this a little bit closer, we see one of the biblical themes that I absolutely love. I talk about this all the time. If you were here Wednesday night at Foundations class, I hammered on this pretty hard. I hammered on this pretty hard. Look at John 11.25. Look at this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they will die. Do you, see, do you see what I'm talking about here? What did Jesus say? He said, I am life. He didn't say, I will be life. He said, I am life. Present tense. This is important that we see this. Jesus is saying, you don't have to wait till you die to get life. Jesus is saying, I am life today. For those who choose to follow Jesus, the moment we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ, life begins today. Life, full, abundant, whole. The Bible tells us that those who place their faith in Jesus have already passed from death into life. Now this is important as we get on with the rest of this story. Because here's the deal. How often do we live like dead people? How often are we walking through life looking like dead people? Acting like dead people? Not living people? 33 to 35. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and and was troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord. They replied, and Jesus wept. I love this. I love this. We see Jesus' humanity here. We see his emotions. We see his empathy. He saw their tears and it affected him. Listen, we have to understand Jesus is, he knows what you're dealing with. God is not this impersonal being on the other side of the universe. He knows what we're feeling. He has compassion for where we are. We never go through anything alone, ever, as followers of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is Almighty God here. And and the tears of the people, He cries. It It breaks His heart. Trust me. He's looking at your life too. And when we're struggling with stuff, it's breaking His heart. He loves us. He cares for us. So then Jesus approaches the tomb. And here we get to the real meat of this story. This is poke your neighbor and tell him to wake up. We got to be... Listen, this is it right here. 11.39 Take away the stone, He said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there's a bad odor. He's been in there for four days. Two things we got to look at here. Number one, take away the stone. Listen, sometimes there are things in the way of Jesus doing a real work in our lives. It could be sin. It could be a lie we're believing. It could be wounding from the past or vows we've declared. It could be walls that we've put up to protect ourselves. Whatever it is, if we want to receive healing, complete healing for something, we have to be willing to take an honest look at our lives. Honest look inside of our heart. And we need to look and see, are there things in the way? Are there obstacles? 
Is there a stone that needs to be rolled away? It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness. It could be hurt and pain. It could be a perpetual sin. It could be any of those things that are standing in the way. We got to look in our hearts and say, what's got to go? What has to go? And I love Martha's response here, but he stinks. He's going to stink. Right? Of course he will. You know what? Bitterness, hatred, selfishness, disobedience. They stink. They don't belong in a living person's life. We shouldn't be walking around and people, you walk past somebody and they go, what's that smell? Tell, I'm telling you, someone who harbors bitterness, someone who harbors unforgiveness, someone who has perpetual sin in their life, when they walk by, you can smell it. Because of the way they're living their life. Because of the despair that they're in. Because of the, the, the death that is in their life. These things stink and they don't belong in our lives. What's the answer to that? 40 to 43, look at this. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. Jesus talked to the, uh, the father he gave him the glory. Do you have verse 44 as well? Maybe not. So here, here's verse 44. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus commanded Lazarus to come out. But when Lazarus walked out, he was still wrapped in, in grave clothes. Listen to me. How many of us, even after making a decision to follow Jesus, are still walking around in grave clothes? How many of us are still walking around like we're dead? Jesus said, take the grave clothes off. And I love what he said, and let him go. The grave clothes will trip us up, folks. Wrong beliefs of who we are. Looking back at our past and saying, I'm never going to change. Holding on to past wounds. Beating ourselves up for the mistakes that we've made. Believing that I will never, can never change. Be restored and valued again. Those attitudes are grave clothes. And they trip us up. Even Christians. Yeah, we got life. We come out of the grave. But when we hold on to those things, they trip us up. They bind us up. They need to go. How many of you watch the, the TV show Storage Wars? Or have seen the TV show Storage Wars? Storage Wars, they go and, and these are auctions at storage lockers. So if a storage locker is abandoned, um, so they'll go and they'll auction off the contents. And it's interesting, a lot of these characters that are on this show will look in with their flashlights and they're, they're looking for that hidden, really expensive item that's in the back that nobody else sees. And, and their idea is they want to turn a quick buck on it. You know, as soon as, you know, if I spend 200 bucks on this, on this locker, I want to at least be able to get the stuff out that's worth, you know, 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or get my money out of it. There's this one character, her name's Mary. She's kind of quirky. She has this laugh that like makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. She's just kind of a weird 
laugh and this sort of thing. But what I love about Mary is she's not looking for the new quick turnaround and sell things right away. You know what she's looking for? She looks for the old something that can be restored. Something that's rusty or dirty. Or maybe she can repurpose it and use it for something that it wasn't even intended uh, to be used for. She'll look for the, the, the paint peeling, the nasty looking something. Listen to me. To remove the grave clothes, there's a process to it. Dirt has to be removed. Rust has to be sanded off. Broken pieces have to be repaired. I love the fact that Mary always seems to be able to see past the dirt and the grime. She can see into the possibility of what that piece could be. One other thing to note. That reclaimed piece can't sand itself. Can't pound out its own dents. Can't restore itself. It needs help. Ella invited the Holy Spirit this morning. I can't remember exactly how you said this, but here's the deal. We can think all we want that grit, will, and determination are going to help get rid of those grave clothes. The grave clothes go away when someone else takes them off of us. That someone else is the Holy Spirit. What if Lazarus would have danced around and said, Nope, that's all right. I'm okay. I kind of like these. I'm getting used to them. But see, that's what we do. We do that all the time. We got stuff in our lives we know is dead man's clothes, and we wear them anyways. One of the things we do as, a, as, a, as members of the family of Christ is we help each other with our grave clothes. We look at each other. We say, oh man, let me help you with that. Let me get that wrapped, uh, wrapping off your, off your head there. The Holy Spirit will point things out to us. And we, we come in the, in the spirit of love and we say, can I help you with that? Because if I can help you get that off, you can go. So I have two questions for you this morning. Three questions for you. How many of you would really, truly love to experience full, abundant life that's promised to us in Scripture? Do you believe the Bible? How many of you believe the Bible? Do you realize that full, abundant, complete life isn't some pie in the sky, wish I could have it thing? Do you realize we don't have to walk around with grave clothes on? We don't have to. Now, I get it. There can be things broken in our life where we we struggle to get them off. I get it. And and after some time... you know, with me, I generally discover more grave clothes that need to come off. You know, I, I get rid of some and get down the journey in life a little bit farther and go, oh, shoot, there's still something wrapped around my foot. You know, and it's a process. It's a journey. But when the grave clothes come off, Jesus said, let him go. We can go. Do you understand the freedom that is there? 
Do you understand the difference in our lives? So my second question is this. What do you see when you look in a mirror? When you honestly look in a mirror, what do you see? Do you see a dead person or an alive person? Do you see an alive person wrapped up in dead man's clothes? Now let me ask you to go one more. Look at your person on your right and your person on your left. What do you see when you look at them? What do you see when you look at them? See, because there are times in our lives where we need someone sitting next to us to look at us and say, do you know you're a living, alive person? Do you know this gobbledygook that's wrapped around you doesn't have to be wrapped around you anymore? I mean, basically, that's what Ella was saying this morning. She said a lot more eloquently than I did. But the truth of the matter is we don't have to live that way. We don't have to just go through the motions. Healing is available to us. Full life is available to us. The grave clothes can really come off. My crappy Friday was because I still had some grave clothes on me that needed to go, that I wasn't recognizing. Who's got some grave clothes on this morning that needs to go? Before we leave this place this morning, let's get rid of some grave clothes. You know what? We talk about, I give invitations all the time. And I guarantee you, people walk out the door with grave clothes on. I'm going to be a little strong. I'm calling you out. Let's deal with it this morning. No more. The world is attracted to life. The world is repelled by death. If we want the light of Jesus to shine in us to a dark world, the dead man clothes have to go because they stink. So that's my invitation. I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit is talking to some of you. And it's time we deal with it today. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for courage. Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence right now. Powerful, moving. Lord, I pray if if there are grave clothes on, I pray that your presence would be so heavy that we can't even stand up and get out of our chair. I pray that they are dealt with today. In this place, right now, I pray for life. I pray for full life. I pray for healing. I pray that we, the spring, the individuals who are here today, would stand up and say, I choose to no longer play games. I choose life. In Jesus' name, amen.